The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 188th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston. To go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and events of the week that I covered from this past week. Also, later in the show, we'll be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, I'm going to start with my events of the week that I covered, and it was All-American Athletic Conference all the time, as I covered both the Women's Basketball Championship game on Monday night and the first day of the Men's Conference Championship tournament yesterday as AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco said it so perfectly yesterday Connecticut is the epicenter of college basketball and it showed all week long both events were big league and first class as the American Athletic Conference continues to grow and expand its impact and really uh, make a statement as one of the major conferences in the country. It leads right into my highlight of the week, which was watching and covering the UConn women team win the championship game on Monday night against a very game University of South Florida team at Mohegan Sun Casino down in Uncasville, Connecticut. Uh, Bottom line... Uh, we're all witnessing greatness every time UConn takes the floor. Uh, eight national championships. Coach Gino Ariema is headed for the annals of one of the greatest basketball coaches in history, men's or women's. Brianna Stewart, the star at UConn, who has led the team to the last two national championships. Uh, it was my first time seeing her in person, and right off the bat, I was sitting right on the baseline, fabulous seats, thank you AAC, and much taller than I realized uh, from watching her many, many times on TV. She's a force to watch her guard and inbounds pass uh, literally right in front of me, like just 
five, six, eight feet in front of me. Uh, say it would be difficult to get that pass by her would be an understatement. So that was like a uh, quite the visual to take home from that game on Monday night. And then, uh, again, you know, they won by about 20, and I think it's just a testament to their greatness that, uh, you know, the University of South Florida was pretty consistently down 10 to 20 points throughout the game, yet when you watch a UConn game, you're actually looking at it and thinking like, wow, this is really a pretty competitive game. Uh, I don't think there's any other team in the country you would say that watching their game <laughs> at all. Uh, but USF was very impressive. They just hung in there throughout. Uh, they have a terrific team in their own right. And they just really, uh, you know, kept it from getting out of hand, put it that way. Which against the UConn women, you know, that's, uh, that's a bold statement. It really is. And USF was making a statement. But UConn, again, they're just... Uh, Tremendous team, and went to the Gino Ariema press conference afterwards. It was my first Gino press conference that I've ever attended, and he's great. It was just wonderful to listen to him. Uh, he's literally a basketball genius, and uh, he served notice at the end of the press conference uh, when he basically said, "If if the four main starters." play as well as they're capable of playing, UConn's going to be hard to beat. So I think the rest of the women's field, including Stanford, who beat them early in the year, one of the first couple games of the year, uh, is now officially on notice that uh, Gino clearly likes what he's seeing from this team, and uh, and they're, of course, going to be a force. That, that just goes without saying. Uh, it was great to see UConn Nation in that setting at Mohegan Sun, where I've been too many times. Great arena there, seats about 10,000. UConn Nation was there all weekend in force, and certainly Monday night when I was there for, of course, the championship game. And uh, and then UConn mo Nation moved a few days later, uh, a little further down Highway 84 to Hartford where yesterday was the beginning of the men's basketball championship tournament. And it was a great day down there. Again, lots of energy, just like there was at Mohegan Sun. Basketball was really, uh, again, like Mike Oresco said, the commissioner of the AAC, uh, it's the epicenter of college basketball. So it just really carries with it tremendous energy, pride. It's a happening, period. And... Uh, Start off the day by going to an awards luncheon uh, in the XL Center where the tournament's being held, newly refurbished, so it looks really terrific. And SMU, Southern Methodist University, who won the conference regular season championship, was there. Their star player, Nick Price, was named the player of the year. And uh, Fran Duffy from Temple, who I had a chance to talk to afterwards, uh, was named the coach of the year. And a few other awards as well. Dignitaries spoke. Uh, it was up in a club overlooking the arena. So it was just really, really uh, just a terrific setting. And then a couple hours later, the tournament got underway. Uh, I was once again seated right at the baseline. It was a terrific first game to kick it off. University of Central Florida. Uh, 
played East Carolina and just a terrific, terrific game. UCF was down 17 in the first half, but just hung in there, made a run, and fought back and forced overtime. And uh, they had a chance to win it at the end, and the shot rimmed out. So they lost 81-80 to to East Carolina, and coincidentally, the coach was uh, Jeff Lebo, who uh, we discussed last week, ironically, on the show. So uh, it was a great game to kick it off, and then later in the evening was uh, UConn versus, again, University of South Florida, and the UConn men look tournament-ready, as they always do, it seems. you know, they had, for them, an okay regular season, but uh, but they played a great game last night and uh, in polishing off USF. And uh, so it was just really uh, just a terrific day. It's going to go on all weekend long with the championship game Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, so, yeah, again, basketball rules. Uh, and just a terrific tournament being put on by tournaments, I should say, by the American Athletic Conference. And just really, uh, you know, a lot of fun Monday night. Nothing like going to a championship game where the trophies are awarded, watches are given to the players, uh, UConn women in this case, and just really, really uh, an enjoyable week down in Connecticut covering basketball. So, that moves on to my bizarre story of the week, switching sports to football. It's just why the Dallas Cowboys seemingly have no interest in re-signing DeMarco Murray, who yesterday signed with the rival Philadelphia Eagles. DeMarco Murray was the leading rusher in the NFL this past year, and I'm baffled. He certainly seemed like a likable guy. Uh... And I'm just completely baffled as to why uh, the Cowboys just really didn't seem to have any interest. I don't get it. They had a great year last year with him as the really the foundation of that team, I thought. And, uh, and they just let him walk right out the door. Uh, everybody's asking, you know, what is Chip Kelly's plan? But I think a lot of people should be asking, what is uh, the Dallas Cowboys' plan? I found it pretty surprising. Another, I won't call this one surprising, but uh, shall we say an air of inevitability to it, which was my low light of the week, which is the Patriots losing Doral Revis to the Jets. Um, You know, no hard feelings up here in New England, not when you're sitting on on the Super Bowl championship and Doral Revis, you brought him in to help you win one. He did exactly that. And he got one of the great deals in the history of the league. $39 million up front, you know, guaranteed. But most importantly and uniquely, uh, all guaranteed up front in the three, first three years of the contract. You do not see that very often in the NFL. So Darrell Rivas has uh, earned his money. He deserves it. Great player. He lived. I'm going to miss him because he was living here in the... Uh, town of Medfield, Massachusetts, outside Boston, where I live. So he was uh, seen around town, heard some positive things about him, and 
Uh, it was nice having Darrell Rivas live here, same as it was to have Pete Carroll live here when he coached the Patriots. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Obama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good, John, pretty good. Just watching all this basketball that's going on this week. It's a lot of fun, you know, and uh, as... I talked about in the first segment, I've been covering basketball in Connecticut pretty much all week long, it seems, and uh, Mike Oresco called it the epicenter of the basketball universe, and I certainly 
agree wholeheartedly after spending, uh, you know, two of the past four days in Connecticut watching the UConn men last night, the women Monday night win the championship. And, uh, yeah, the American Athletic Conference, it's really, uh, they're putting on quite a show uh, for both men's and women's so far. Yeah, they have spectacular programs, and uh, I mean, UConn women—they're uh, the team to beat this year in the tournament. And the UConn men—they didn't play as well. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know what their their fate will be. Uh, they'll probably have to win that American Athletic Conference tournament to get in the NCAA tournament, I believe. Exactly, and a lot of folks are, uh, you know. I think hoping to see, uh, you know, UConn and SMU being the 20th ranked team in the country, and they have about a six-point lead. So yeah, it was good to see the UConn men. I mean, they they, they they're getting that tournament look about them because, uh, you know, they beat South Florida pretty handily last night, University of South Florida, and uh, it was ironic because that's who uh, the UConn women beat on Monday night, but. Uh, yeah, it's your old stomping grounds, AP. Nobody knows Connecticut better than you, so it's really it's fun to see UConn Nation, you know, out in force for both men and women, two different cities, Mohegan Sun and Hartford, and just really, uh, you know, a lot of energy, to say the least. Yeah, there's, there's uh, always a crowd at those games for Connecticut. They've had this following now for the last... 20-something years when the men's program really took off and uh, they won the NIT, I think, with 89. And then next year they played Duke right down to the wire and before Christian Leitner hit a jump shot on an inbounds play, actually, down at the old uh, Meadowlands Arena down there in New Jersey. And and the women, uh, about that same time, were coming around and, and getting invited to the... NCAA tournament, and they had that public television audience that was so faithful and loyal, and it's continued right through a couple over a couple of decades now. And look what it's become, you know. It's again, you know, it's just unquestionably, you know, <laughs> the capital of the college basketball world. I mean, as we speak, they are the defending national champions in both men's and women's college basketball. That's, and it's the second time they've held that lofty position. So it's just really remarkable to witness. It truly is. Yeah, it is. I think because of the location, uh, another point to be made about their success, they've done it with primarily players from other parts of the country, really. Yes. And they're, they're able to look across the landscape and and entice those players for uh, you know to come and play in stores Connecticut I mean I always kid with my friends from University of Connecticut I say you know a couple of decades ago you when you said the word Yukon you they thought of Alaska <laughs> where, where you know now the rest of the country they know Yukon that's that place up in the northeast that loves basketball yeah, and you know, last night I was at uh, Kevin Ollie's post-game press conference after they beat uh, USF, and you know, very likable guy. I mean, you just need to hear him say a couple sentences, you know, and he was up there with Ryan Boatwright, among others, uh, you know, up at the podium, and again, 
you know, just a very thoughtful, likable, articulate, impressive guy. So let's just say I was not surprised at all to see how uh, easily he's been able to continue the spectacular winning tradition established by legendary coach, you know, Jim Calhoun. And, and then, you know, Ollie went out and won one of his own national championships right off the bat. So I uh, don't think that program is going anywhere anytime soon, to say the least. Not early in his, his coaching career, he has the cachet to flash a national championship ring when he's recruiting players. And uh, Kevin has a lot of contacts in the basketball world. He played in the NBA for, I guess, it's 10, 12 years and for many teams. And so he, he's got quite a, a, a tree of contacts himself. And he, he's from the West Coast, Los Angeles. So his, his reach stretches far and wide across the nation. Right. Serious credibility, uh, to say the least, and, and it showed. And UConn will play Cincinnati. Always a tough matchup tonight at, I believe, 9 o'clock from Hartford again, XL Center. And hey, speaking of the XL Center, they've really, I hadn't been there in a few years. Boy, they've really done a nice job. Uh, refurbishing that i and they had the awards luncheon in a club yesterday player of the year coach of the year what have you uh up at a club at the top level overlooking the arena and very impressive so they really spectacular i i could not have been you know more impressed with the facility and and of course the way they treated the media was just really well done all around yeah, I'm glad to hear that, John. Uh, that you, you were impressed with facilities, and that they should have a nice place to compete and play, since you have some of the top basketball being played in in the country. Exactly, and of course, they have both the men and women. Obviously, have a, a cozy home court on campus at a well-known Gamble Arena Pavilion, and. Uh, so, yeah, so they play in a bunch of different places, you know, Mohegan Sun being one, uh, and, of course, uh, you know, more for tournaments, what have you. And then, uh, but, yeah, XL Center in Hartford, probably 40, half an hour from campus or so is, is the second home, shall we say. And, uh, yeah, and just, again, a fitting home for, uh, you know, for this weekend's men's championship Uh so, yeah, it's, you know, uh, good stuff. And I have to just say, it was so ironic. I'm sitting there watching the East Carolina Central Florida game yesterday. And lo and behold, who is the coach of East Carolina? None other than Jeff Lebo, who we obviously talked about in our show last week by total coincidence. Yeah, Jeff, he, he's uh, over at East Carolina. He's a, I guess he's, he was from Carlisle, Pennsylvania, a McDonald's All-American, played in North Carolina. So, yeah, that's ironic that uh, you got a chance to watch him coach in person. Correct, because we were talking a little bit about uh, basketball and his name come up because I grew up in Pennsylvania and he was one of the all-time legends. I mean, when he committed to North Carolina, he was just the best guard in the country, high school guard in the country. And, I mean, that was like front-page news throughout Pennsylvania, a huge, huge deal. And to suddenly see him again all these years later was uh, – just again, really ironic in light of the fact that we just talked with talked about him uh, last week. And the other thing that was neat this week was, you know, I went to my first ever 
Gino Ariema press conference. Uh, he's great. He puts on a great press conference. He had an air of confidence as well he should that, uh, you know, really served notice to the rest of the field. He basically ended his press conference saying, you know, if his starters play as well as they're capable, uh, you, you know, um, he likes their chances, which is a very humble way of saying, uh, here we come again. It'll be hard to beat is exactly what he said. Yes, I, I don't think uh, he's ever been characterized as being a shrinking violet. No, no, not at all. He really has a presence, as, as, as you would expect, befitting his, uh, his incredible you know, record, to say the least. Uh, Brianna Stewart... Uh, first time I saw her play in person, uh, much taller than I realized and boy, she really bangs around and boy, she gets banged a lot. And Gino referenced that in his press conference about, uh, how beat up she gets and there's not a whole lot of fouls called against her, but AP, she was guarding some inbounds passes right in front of me. I was at the baseline and, you know, USF was bringing the ball in court from under the basket and Wow. It was just incredible, the, you know, just the arms, the legs, the length. It looked like near impossible to get the ball by her, really did. But she, she is just the total package, inside, outside, all of it. Athletic, smart. Um, she can bang it or she can, po- you know, in the post or she can, you know, pull up, hit threes. I, I mean, let's face it, she, you know, as she continues at this pace, she could be the greatest women's college basketball player ever. She really could be. Yeah, she's all those things that you said and more. And, and I think one other thing to mention about her, John, is she has really performed well in, in the um, tournament and championship games especially. Yeah, she steps up her game. Final Four MVP is a freshman. Let's not forget, she said when she came to UConn that she came there to win Four national championships. She already has two in her first two years. It's certainly looking good based on what I saw for this third year. And, uh, you know, um, I love it. I mean, she's she has the cachet, and she seemed very likable. She was also at the press con- did a press conference as well, post-game. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, she just seems, again, you know, very, very likable and uh you know she's got a lot of help mosquito lewis was named the mvp of the tournament she had a huge tournament and uh and just a lot of good players on that team obviously and always so uh it's gonna be fun uh to say the least and uh, i guess they'll be announced monday night the women's pairings and um, obviously they'll get their first two games up in connecticut and then get rolling into the tournament so Everybody's excited again up here, AP. It's going to be another, you know, big year for the women, and we'll see what happens with the men. Yeah, the, the women, I think if you're going to challenge them at any point, in the, you have to have a total uh, good shooting night. I mean, shots have to fall, and defensively you've got to make some stops, and you've got to withstand the charge. Because if, if you're going to go ahead of Connecticut women, they're going to make a charge to come back. So uh, they're not going to, uh, you know, they have championships up uphold, and, and they're very difficult to defeat. You, you just can't 
beat them on an average with an average game. It has to be, you know, you have to play very well, and maybe they have to miss some of their shots. Exactly, and uh, let's not forget that Stanford, who has played them well in the past, shocked the basketball world early in the season, one of the first couple games of the year, if not the opener. By beating the UConn women, they haven't lost since uh, UConn. So, uh, hopefully those two meet along the way. Uh, it, it will be another classic if they do. And AP, hard to believe. We've actually got to our break, so uh, we'll take a break now. Lots more to talk about on the other side. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., before we leave the subject of uh, American Athletic Conference, I know you'll enjoy this. Uh, I was uh, at the luncheon yesterday, and when it was all over, I had the pleasure of talking with John Baum, former Temple player and uh, now the radio voice of the Temple Owls, who's a member of the AAC and Fran Duffy got the Coach of the Year Award and had a couple historical notes. And you know how we both love history, but one was in talking with John Baum. Uh, He said he was roommates his rookie year with Norm Van Leer at rookie camp for the Chicago Bulls. 
uh, when I and he said this when I told him that I attended St. Francis of Pennsylvania where Norm Van Leer played, great player. And so that was a great one. But then even better was he introduced me to Fran Duffy minutes after Coach Duffy won the Coach of the Year honors. And, uh, and I said my name. And as soon as I said it, John Ingalls being in classic Philadelphia Big Five fashion, he said, oh, are you related to Tom? <laughs> and Tom, of course, is Tom Inglesby, who was a starting guard with Chris Ford and Howard Porter on that famous Villanova team that went to uh, that played UCLA in the national right. championship, went to the Final Four, and uh, and so it was just a great, great conversation. You know, I love talking Philly Big Five, and my brother went to. <laughs> My brother went to Temple Dental School, and one of the great weekends of my life, AP, because that weekend, my given our last name, all weekend long, this was 1972, I think, all weekend long, the phone rang off the hook with my father's World War II buddies calling, knowing he was from Pennsylvania, knowing he had a son around that age. I have an older brother who was, is that age. So it was a great AP, and it just—I told him the story, and he really seemed to enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, Tom Inglesby, and he told me his uh, son was became a was a player too, and uh, so yeah, it was just really a, a nice exchange and impressive guy, Coach Duffy, to say the least. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. You you said that name right away. He had right a, away. a little recall, recall. Right away, immediately, and. Uh, so I just it made my day. There's no other way to say it because it reminded me again of one of the great weekends ever. Because you know, we spent the entire weekend watching, uh, you know, Villanova, hearing our last name get called pretty regularly. He was a good player. Went to the Atlanta Hawks, I think, right after uh, his Villanova days, and his pro career was, you know, okay. Didn't really pan out, uh, but you know, he was he was an excellent player. Part of a Final Four team, and that team was legendary. They really were. I think their coach was Jack Kraft, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, yes, yes, it was. It sure was. And, and I remember him playing. Uh, Tom Ingles being a good player. Howard Porter and Chris Ford. and yeah, That was an excellent uh, team. And it was, it was enjoyable to watch them. They gave uh, UCLA quite a game for a while. Yeah, exactly. They were a bit of a Cinderella the, the entire nation loved them. They just did, you know, for whatever reason. They're kind of like, you know, the, I think a team that followed them that reminded me a, a lot of them, another Northeast team was, you know, like Providence when they had, you know, people like Ernie DeGregorio and Billy Donovan and people like that, you, you know. That's Marvin Barnes. I, I think, you know, every once in a while a team from a smaller school uh, with a rich tradition, well, you know, capture the nation. And I think that team was one of those. I think a lot big reason was people gave him a shot to beat UCLA because they had, uh, as, as Al McGuire would have called him, an, an aircraft carrier in Howard Porter, <laughs> who was spectacular. <laughs> yeah, good, good player. I think it was from Sarasota, Florida, good leaper, good yep. scorer. He, he was uh, the, uh, the, the main cog that led going over to that, that position. Absolutely, they were good. The good old days. Uh, so, switching sports, uh, we t- I touched on at the end of the first segment. 
Uh, on the Cowboys, letting DeMarco Murray just cavalierly walk right out the door like they, they just, you know, he was the NFL's leading rusher last year and they just didn't seem to care. But breaking news, uh, thankfully mentioned by you, that the Cowboys this morning signed Darren McFadden. Uh, from the Raiders, so uh, I don't think that was the end game because I literally asked the question to end the first segment. We, you know, uh, what is the Cowboys' plan? Everybody's asking what Chip Kelly's plan is, but I had to wonder what the Cowboys' plan is. And I'm guessing it wasn't rooted in signing Darren McFadden, uh, certainly a quality player. But watching the Eagles this past week and a half or so, and uh, and the Cowboys, you know, and the NFL in general. It's been a fascinating free agency period. John, it really was. I mean, there was excitement this year with all those moves by Philadelphia, and, uh, of course, the Saints. And, but uh, what I, I, I can gather, the Cowboys, they told uh, uh, DeMarco Murray to go out on the, and, and look look around and see if he can come up with a figure that uh, other teams might be willing to sign him for. And uh, he did, and, and the Cowboys didn't feel like he was worth that much money, and they had other plans, and they ended up you know, signing Derek McFad- Darren McFadden, who, whose per carry was near the bottom of the league, I mean, along with Trent Richardson, like 3.4. But I think the Cowboys, their plan is to go into the draft and in that, let's say, second to fourth round, draft a young running back to, to compliment McFadden and the other cast of characters that they have on their roster. Uh, Philadelphia, on the other hand, I mean, Chip Kelly, he, if you've ever met him, John, he's a very direct personality, and he's not uh, making these moves without a, a certain plan in his mind. So we just have to wait and see if it pans out because all the, the pressure is on, is on him because he seems to be the, the person wanting to make all these changes. And they're, they're, those are huge changes. Huge. Uh, so the, the Philadelphia Eagles fans, they're very rabid and intense and uh, they're opinionated. But they have a coach who, who is, like I say, if you've ever met him, he, he's a similar, similar type of character. I have not met him. Uh, you know, we've all talked about the people he let go, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. And it was really the LaShawn McCoy thing that got the whole, you know, sort of free agency period off to, you know, a raucous start, really. And it raucous feels like the word to describe the last two weeks. And, uh, and yeah, and, you know, but he comes back and adds Murray. You knew Murray wasn't getting out of the building yesterday. That's for sure. Without signing, uh, that was like one of the most obvious. You, you know, again, you, you know, bar the doors. You're not leaving till you sign. Type of situations. I think I can ever remember. But yeah, it's just been uh, truly fascinating to say the least. I have not met Chip Kelly, but I enjoyed met or you know seen him speak in person. But I sure did enjoy his press conference the other day uh, where he just doesn't mince words and, you know, especially when people seem to be questioning him, which, of course, a lot of people have been. But he went to the podium the other day and basically addressed everybody's questions, you know, in a very direct way, to say the least. 
Yes, and, and John, he's a coach that has been able to win 10 games. He's trying to, to get beyond that number and get into the upper echelon of the NFL, you know, seeking 12, 14 wins and getting that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And he's an, he's an aggressive uh, person, and he's won everywhere he's been. So the, the people in Philadelphia, they're just going to have to put their trust in him at the moment because he, he doesn't seem to be phased by anyone else's, uh, you know, opinion. And uh, I, I think it's, it, it, he's bold. And if you look at the history of the NFL, sometimes that is, that's the winning formula. I mean, you look at Bill Walsh, what he did to football, and, uh, you know, people like the Baltimore Ravens, they had a plan that was different than signing superstars. Uh, you know, the, those people who make bold moves, Jimmy Johnson, Shady Herschel Walker, the, those people have been on the winning side when they've taken that approach. Bold works in the NFL, and, uh, you know, it just occurs to me as we're talking, because I, I asked the question last week, you, you know, I didn't ask the question, but I just made the statement that, you know, the Eagles really collapsed at the end of last year, and I thought it, uh, you know, was pretty much undercovered, uh, almost like excused, so to speak. Not in Philadelphia, that's for sure, but, you know, they jumped out to that big you know, division lead and everything, and they really, really looked bad at the end. So, I mean, maybe that's the answer right there. I mean, maybe Chip Kelly just identified that, you know, something was missing uh, based on, again, how they ended last season, which was, again, pretty much of an epic collapse that was not, you know, covered to quite the degree that you would have thought that things like this have been covered in the past. I don't know why it wasn't. There's always a lot going on at the end of the year in the NFL when you focus on the teams moving forward. But it was uh, maybe that's the answer right there. He just didn't like what he saw. Nobody did at the end of the year. No, he, he saw enough. And, and some people, you know, maybe they're hesitant to make a move. But I would say Chip Kelly's personality is, uh, he, you know, he's a fierce competitor, and he's not going to stay pat with his hand. So change was inevitable. Exactly, and change is uh, certainly happening in Philadelphia. Well, it's uh, at the end of our third segment here, AP, but I was not the only person out uh, covering, co- covering college sports this week. Uh, you were at Alabama Pro Day and we're dying to hear all about it. So let's take our break, and we'll listen to your thoughts on the Alabama Pro Day on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app. 
if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started with A.P., let me say that my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the College Basketball Selection Show, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, all the basketball games that are going to happen between now and then, there's a lot of good ones, to say the least. And uh, nonstop, it's it's a great week. Uh, not as great as when the tournament starts. That's next week, so it's just going to be uh, a lot of fun coming up. And AP, uh, with all this basketball around, you managed to uh, uh, see a little football with Alabama's Pro Day. How was it? Yeah, John, it was great. There was uh, actually 17 participants by Alabama. On the pro day, and all the teams, the 32 teams were represented. Uh, it, you know, they had, well, they wanted to see Blake, Blake Sims throw the ball, so he, he threw some passes to Amari Cooper and Andrew White and, uh, the tight end Brian Boulder and TJ Yeldon, the running back. So it was very, very good. And Blake Sims also, he caught some passes. Oh, really? <laughs> on, on that day. Yeah, they, they had him catching passes just to show his versatility. So Maybe he could be. Uh, might draft him and put him in the backfield or you know, on special teams besides being a backup quarterback. Like Denard but, uh, Robinson uh, from Michigan. Come again, John? Like Denard. Uh, is it Robinson from Michigan? Yes, yes, correct. So, right. but, I, but I really believe Blake Sands, if he's going to make it in that league, it's as a backup quarterback. Okay. <laughs> he he kind of joked. He said, when they asked him about running pass routes, he said, well, I'm no Amari Cooper, but I think I'm I'm nice. And speaking of Amari Cooper, how was he? Yeah, yeah, Amari looked uh, uh, very uh, efficient, and he caught the ball, and uh, he, he was, you know, he has a, he has a good temperament. Uh, I, I think 
a lot of times you, you'll find some of these receivers coming out. They're on the brass side, and Amari just has that quiet confidence, and he'd be an excellent teammate, as we've discussed in the past. He has a great work ethic, and he's always willing to do anything to help his team win. Uh, but uh, I just think he's an excellent player. You know, you know of course, Kevin, Kevin White of uh, West Virginia, He's the other receiver that's talked about in this draft, but I, I can't see you going wrong with drafting Amari Cooper. He's very productive you know, since day one at Alabama, and scouts really, really like him. So I just believe Amari Cooper is going to have a fine NFL career. I, I can't see anything else, but uh, since he's worked so hard, you know, he's, he's from Miami. He comes from that uh, area of the country where there's so many talented players, and he's, he's an, another one in the line of great players from that area. Yeah, well, you've covered him throughout his career at Alabama, spectacular career, I might add, nation's leading receiver last year. When you watch him, both throughout his career, but, you know, yesterday or when, it, when, when was pro day? Yesterday or Wednesday? That was Wednesday, Jim. Wednesday, okay. So when you watch him in a setting like that, I mean, do you feel like, uh, like I referred to the UConn women at the beginning of the show, witnessing greatness, do you feel that way watching him, like, Truly special. Yes, uh, you really do, John. Uh, I saw Julio Jones when he was in high school, and it was in the first thirty seconds when I watched him catch passes and perform. That I said, "Well, this 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 is a, a different type of athlete. I don't believe I've seen his caliber before." And, and Amari, he's that special. It doesn't take long if you're watching him for the very first time to realize that he's just a different kind of athlete. Interesting. Well, it's certainly going to be fun to watch his career. I'm guessing he's like you. He's. I think he's going to have a spectacular NFL career, like an impact player like Julio Jones, maybe like an Odell Beckham, <clears throat> like burst on the scene. I think he's going to be a top 10 pick, and he's going to be, you know, the right team with the right quarterback gets him. I think he's just going to make an instant impact like Odell Beckham did. Yeah, I would, I would suggest that would be the case with Amari Cooper, uh, John, because at the receiver position, I think it's one of the easiest positions to make that uh, impact right away. Whereas right. an offensive lineman, sometimes it takes a, a little while because you're, you're with a unit. Whereas as a wide receiver, uh, you, know, you're, you have to run the correct patterns and read the defenses. But I think at Alabama, I was asking uh, another receiver who was working out there, Daniel White, uh, why was, you know, what, what did the University of Alabama do to prepare him? And he said, well, we learned so much about running routes against various defenses. I think I'm completely uh, prepared to, to go out and compete in the NFL. Wow. Excellent. It's going to be fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a fun time of year for college football, AP. Pro days everywhere, seemingly a, a few every single day. I know today is Kevin White. You mentioned him earlier from West Virginia. ESPN's been showing some uh, some of that. And, uh, you know, and now spring football practices are starting to get underway, correct? Yeah, spring uh, practice will uh, actually get underway today at Alabama. It's, it's kind of a strange situation uh, to have that, you know, one day practice here, and then uh, they'll have some time off on the weekend, and then uh, there's a spring break, and then we'll come back. So they're going to have that one practice, and 
go on break and then come back. So but, uh, I know Nick Saban, we, we spoke to him the other day, and he was excited, of course. He, he said the team has worked hard, and he's looking forward to coaching this group. Okay. Um, yep. Well, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about Jacob Coker. Uh, when he transferred from Florida State in the light of Jameis Winston arriving there and thought we were gonna, he was going to be the starter this past year. Blake Sims, of course, had something to say about that. But does it appear that Jacob Coker will be the starter as as we sit here today? I, I, I think so, John. But, I mean, I thought it, he was going to be the starter last year. So Right. Never know. Uh, you know, these young guys, they can surprise you. But Jacob Coker, this is the last chance. Uh, exactly. His last year of eligibility, and he's worked very hard to his career, and it'd really be kind of sad if he wasn't this story, I believe. It would be. Uh, well, we'll be watching that closely, of course. And AP, we're down under two minutes. Uh, quick thoughts on, you know, heading into Selection Sunday, uh, you know, with a ton of games, literally nonstop from now till Sunday at 6 p.m., Leading up to it, uh, what are your thoughts as we head into, again, Selection Sunday? Well, John, I, I really believe it's the Kentucky Invitational, and I just think it's going to be very difficult to beat them because of their defensive prowess, their depth, and they've been tested all year. Uh, and I, I just think, you know, John Calipari, I mean, this is not his first rodeo. And I, I think the Wildcats can be very difficult to beat. It's going to take a tremendous effort, uh, especially offensively, to beat Kentucky. I totally agree. Um, you know, I talked about them a little bit last week. Uh, you, you know, they're getting stronger. They're getting better. Uh, some teams have threatened. And when they do, Kentucky seems to just swat them right down. And uh, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Yeah, it should be a, a, a good uh, March. You know, it should be a good time for March Madness. But I just don't see anyone touching the, the Wildcats of the class of this season. And I think you're going to be cutting down the nets and bringing the trophy back to Lexington. I agree, and it will be huge if they go for an undefeated season. They're standing at you know with 31 and 0 regular season. But AP, thank you as always for your perspective and expertise, and appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you, John. Look forward to it next week. All right, and thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.